Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. The idea of really being able to have a platform, create wealth, and use that wealth to do good for whatever it is that you want to actually accomplish in your life is possible all at the same time. When you're authentic and when you share, the right people will come along with you and will get behind you and will support you. You know, I always say this to myself when I wake up, I'm like, well, poverty is not going to fix itself. What I would say is when you start to really define your purpose, you start to look for people to do that purpose with. Create opportunity for those that don't have opportunity. And this is super cliche too, but start with what's on your heart because when you don't, you just find yourself doing all the wrong things. Wendy Yates is the creative director and founder of Abigail Elise Design Studio and WellFit Human Retreats. Dedicated to positively influencing the well-being of others via environmental and social projects, she is bridging the gap between luxury development and humanitarian efforts through the union of both businesses. As a true entrepreneur and creative, Wendy puts her daily efforts into adding value to the world of lifestyle design. Wendy began her professional career with an emphasis on interiors in 2000 and has continued to evolve her creative efforts into a brand that is limitless. With designs that encompass wellness, define non-trends, and are forward-thinking, her work has been recognized nationally in several publications. Along with her highly capable and experienced team, Wendy combines laid-back luxury with fresh concepts to property, hotel, and homeowners wanting integrative solutions through an organic and spontaneous approach. Getting to interview Wendy Yates was such an awesome experience. She's such a refreshing voice, you know, right now and with all we got going on with COVID and so forth at the time of the interview that she just really makes me want to get back out there traveling and having deep cultural immersion and volunteering on mission-based projects. And it's really interesting that she's that kind of person, but she also like works in like luxury, sustainable interior design and owns multiple businesses and is involved in real estate development. And I see a lot of myself in that. So it was really cool to feel motivated or validated for what I'm doing right now across the board in my life. Like we obviously are doing people a purpose. We're building community with that. We're adding value. We're sharing stories and it's awesome and beautiful. But in order to put food on the table and actually become financially free and build wealth, I'm also working on real estate investing. And it's just really cool to be validated that you can kind of work in these seemingly separate worlds but you can take those principles that you know are at the heart of like a purpose-driven life and become like a passionate, you know, value-adding person and contributor in those spaces. I just really admire that she's been doing that for so long. She's got this like hustle grind mindset, but she seems to be so balanced and like level-headed in how she does it. So I definitely seek to become wise the way that she is. Also, it's really interesting that she's presenting such a good opportunity for people that are reading the, the, the People of Purpose blog or listening to the People of Purpose podcast. She's presenting such an opportunity for us to gather in a community in one of these amazing spaces in Central or South America, eating like local cuisine that's like chef inspired, chef created while volunteering in a project that, you know, would significantly benefit a community working with local founders and entrepreneurs and nonprofits to create an impact while having this retreat-like experience of personal development, like physical development, emotional development, spiritual development, and then just community, sharing in stories and conversations and these wonderful atmospheres for such an affordable price too. Like I think she was mentioning that the average price is just over $2,000 to go do this whole immersive experience. So it would be beautiful one day to be able to bring the People of Purpose team, the People of Purpose community, and anyone else that just really feels called to take what they're learning from being on a purpose-driven path and developing like skills and gifts around that and then put them in a place 
that really needs that as well as like being open to learning what another culture has to share and give to you from figuring it out on their own with their circumstances and their resources. I just think it's a really beautiful world she's creating and I'm super excited to get to collaborate with her and bring everyone else on board who who wants to. So I really appreciate everything that people are contributing on our social media channels with the reviews that I'm reading. And I just really feel inspired and constantly to continue doing this work and sharing stories like Wendy because it always is worth it. Wendy Yates has a, has a beautiful outlook on life and such a wonderful disposition. I'm super excited to share this refreshing, inspired interview today with today's person of purpose, Wendy Yates. Hello, Wendy Yates, and welcome to the People of Purpose podcast. So happy to have you here joining us from Colorado. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be talking to you today. Yeah. It's really great that you reached out to me. You have such a unique blend of things that I'm quite interested in. You're doing like super purposeful real estate, creating spaces that people can feel like their more, most purposeful self. And sustainability is definitely like a keyword that I really like to model my life around. And then also you're doing these retreats where you're bringing people together and creating community around personal development as like kind of a model for how the world could be better. Um, and I just think that's beautiful. That's definitely where my future self is headed as well with this model of bringing community together in, in spaces that are intentional. So thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm excited to learn from you today. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Um, I can't wait to share. So I'd love to inspire other people to do the same thing, similar things. You know, just I believe that the lifestyle you create for yourself is a direct reflection of the activities you choose to engage in, the people you surround yourself uh, with, and of course, the environment in which you choose to hold space for yourself. So um, it sort of all does tie together and um, I'm looking forward to sharing it. So thank you again. Awesome. Well, I got a chance to speak to your assistant, Carly, and she um, gave me some tips about knowing you, kind of understanding what it is that makes you so special and what makes you shine. I don't know if she'd share this with you. Um, but she gave me uh, three three things that she thinks really stand up out about you as a leader and entrepreneur and boss in general is she thinks you attract highly competent and amazing people, that you have this like hustle mindset um, that is infectious. And then you think big and act act and prepare yourself to go even bigger than you're thinking. Um, I just thought that was a really cool like testimony from someone that works with you. So yeah, wow, that's amazing. Um, thank you, Carly. Um, I love I love that, and it it speaks so much to my heart to hear people that are on my team say that. So um, thanks, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm excited to break down those things as we get going, but I figured we could start with. Um, what you said was your deepest intention with the interview. Um, before we before we met each other, I had you fill out a, a document, um, and we were talking before that. Um, there's some lots of questions on there, and you you went above and beyond with answering them. So thank you for that. Um, and you said your deepest intention with the interview is to show up as a visionary and a leader that teaches other entrepreneurs and or business owners that they can balance work with passion in a way that gives back to society and challenges the norm that they can be only successful at one thing at a time. Yes, that is my, that's one of my many missions. Um, that is my mission in sort of uh, my recent in the last, I guess, few months, I've sort of started getting more involved with podcasts and interviews and um, just some things where I'm interacting more with other entrepreneurs or like-minded people purpose. I love that the, the name of this podcast. Um, and I think it's really important for people to not get so bogged down in, you know, I think when we were first talking before we started this interview, um, I did spend a good portion of my 20s sort of not really knowing where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. Um, and so I, I think it was because I didn't really feel like there was any person out there that was, it's okay to, you know, want to do really great things and be really successful at the same time. Like you don't have to wait till you have this figured out before you can give back to whatever 
causes that speak to you and you don't have to only be so good that you don't have, you know, that you're poor because you can only help people, you know? And so I think, um, it's really, it's really important to me to share that it took me some time to really realize the value that I already had, that I could start, you know, doing good and for others and myself at the same time. And it didn't have to be one single path, you know? And so I think, um, changing the standard of how you can create business and build, um, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur was just not a word, uh, for me. And in, when I grew up, that was like a, a big, you know, wasn't such a big platform like it is now, like maybe you started a business or, or whatever, that was a thing. But, um, the idea of, um, really being able to have a platform, create wealth and use that wealth to do good for, you know, whatever it is that you want to actually accomplish in your life is possible all at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm super happy I was able to find it. And I'm finding people that are finding this at 17, 18, 19 years old. I'm like, oh, I wish I could have been them. Um, but I feel really blessed to have found it in my 20s. It's it's beautiful to be able to kind of create the kind of world you want to see um, and be a leader and visionary towards that. Yet also like be always being a student too. Like I love that part of entrepreneurship, but you always have these people that you're looking up to and that you're gaining value and insight from. and and then you kind of all mash it all together and a new thing gets formed. And it's just really cool that there's like, it's not this solo venture anymore where it's like you against the world. It's like, we we do this together. We add value to one another. Yeah, that's, I mean, I love that you just said that because I think for me, one of that was, that was sort of how I felt it for a long time. Like I'm just alone in this. Um, I don't, you know, no one else, you know, I, it just feels like that. It feels like, um, you know, it doesn't feel like that anymore to me now, but it did for a while. And it was like, where do I find now? There's so many resources and everybody is so in the entrepreneur world really wants to help everyone else. And you just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just, I mean, really good point. You know, it's really very exciting. Um, I love to share ideas or help inspire other people's ideas, even if they're, you know, not related to my industry or anything that I'm doing, because, you know, there's just a lot of great things to be done and, um, creating your, it's just designing the life you want and and everyone can do it. It's just deciding that you want to do it. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, like a podcast, like yours, being able to share other people's stories. Um, another one I love, you know, is just so impactful and important. So, um, so you're doing just great work. So thank you yeah I love how you you came into your entrepreneurship through design like actual design designing spaces interior design and now you've transitioned and and have continued your previous but you've transitioned into lifestyle design I'm really interested in how this concept of design has has taken hold over your life like what what does design mean and how can we be more purposeful designers of the lives that we're trying to live Yeah, I think that it's easy to get caught up in what you think society expects of you or comparing yourself to other people or what you have to what other people have. And it creates a like a crippling effect on really focusing on what makes you happy and um, intentionally, I guess, in doing it, things of intention, you know, we can all be consumers of goods and consumers of whatever. And, you know, think a success is measured on either what we have or what we've accomplished. And so lifestyle design for me, um, really is all encompassing of, uh, really knowing your purpose and, you know, the questions, as we talked about earlier that you presented, um, are a prime example of a, a tool to use, you know, asking yourself all these questions, you know, what at the end of the day, um, really, uh, and truly, you know, lights a fire for you is how you should just de- design your life. And that does involve the space you occupy. So it's not for me, interior design is a platform that I use because it came naturally to me. And it, as a child, it was something that I always you know what I mean? Just loved. Um, but so I use that as, you know, I mean, I use my skills. So I think, think about what it is that you love, what purpose you want to have, 
Um, what is sort of the, your, the why you're doing things instead of just blindly doing them and then sort of ask yourself a number of different questions of, um, of, of what, what that looks like. And then I think it's, it, it creates just a more intentional way to live that just brings so much more happiness than not knowing where you're going, you know what I mean? And not knowing, um, what, what drives that reason that you're going there. And so it really is all tied together. You know, what you put into your body, what you put on your skin, who you talk to, the people you surround yourself with, what you put in the home that you live in, all of those things are real. If you're traveling and being immersed in actual culture, or you just going, you know what I mean? To sightsee. It's so, it's so relative, all of that to a true lifestyle design. Um, and so that's sort of where I just, I used uh, the skills that I had defined my purpose and just sort of, you know, grew, I'm growing the arms out from there um, to really, you know, live on purpose and do things with intent. And I think for me, that is, um, has changed my whole life and just made me a happier person. I wish that I would have learned that as well in my 17 or <laughs> in my twenties, you know, anything. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of did, but it's just, I think that it's so true. These platforms just weren't there and what a great gift for all the young people now to have so much access um, to, to other people that they can look yeah. up to, you know? It's awesome. Definitely. Um, we have a lot of access to things and I think, the challenge we have with that is that there's this abundance, which feels excessive. Like there's too many opportunities, too many things to chase after too many things to do a good job at and not become great at anything. And I find a lot of people that I follow, um, talk about like this, this idea that you want to like say no to so many things that you get really good at your one thing. And then from there you have lots of opportunities. And I think it's really interesting that I'm naturally inclined to kind of take your route of like, have two or three things that are all kind of going in motion and they're all mashing up into this combination that's taking you to this place that you never really knew was going to exist, but you always kind of felt like you could get there. Um, and so I'm really excited to break down how you are able to manage like hustle with like harmony and like, um, you know, doing lifestyle design and human retreats with like designing interior spaces like those groups of people usually don't talk a lot to each other or don't or definitely are not going to go put on each other's shoes or hats and do each other's jobs and it's really cool that you're doing these things that seem so disconnected but I, I'm sure make a lot of sense to you in the ways that they're connected yeah um absolutely and it is true that sometimes luxury or design and that sort of service does not feel accessible or tie in with volunteer work and right. work. Like it's, it's definitely, and that's sort of my, one of, you know, my goal is to change the perspective of, of what a career, I don't even want to say the word career, but of what a skill set looks like um, and how it's, it's portrayed because it is part of that, that, and even the part where you talked about get really good at one thing and then move on to the next. I don't, I mean, I don't, say that that wouldn't work for some people and doesn't work for some people. I think the real key is knowing yourself. And um, I think you can do a lot of things in a lot of directions. And the way that um, like interior design sort of transitioned for me with that is I do love to travel and I'm inspired by travel and I'm inspired by people. And I do think that even in the world of luxury, the um, the idea of a sustainable life is not really just about buying, you know, or do, using, or not just the recycle, reuse, you know, all of those sort of environmental things that are um, very important habits to, to have. It's about um, creating um, both relationships, spaces that are sustainable in a sense that they're true to your vision, right? The people mm -hmm. that you're around are not just people you're wasting time with. And there are those people like, you know, there's going to be people, they don't think like you, they're not like-minded like you, they're great people. But when you invest, that's still designing your life. You know what I mean? And when you yeah. invest in a space and you're not thoughtful of how you're going to use that space, you know, then you're tearing it down and redoing it. And that, that, that is the sustainable part of design for a person or a life. And so how that translates to me with wealth at human and humanitarian work is the same thing. Um, I want to spend my time adding the most value. Um, and that 
for me is in uh, some sort of immersion or cultural education, traveling, and also being fit, like, and not just physically fit, but mentally and, you know what I mean? Overall wellness. So, Mm -hmm. so for me, that has how it's sort of a roundabout way for me to answer that question. I know, but how I get from interior design, which is typically seen as something that like, you know, it's for the wealthy. It's really not, it's really um, about a design for your, you know, everything starts with the design. There's no concept, there's no idea or concept. You have to, you know what I mean? There's no nothing exists. You know what I mean? So there has to be a design for everything. Like you design what you wanted your podcast to be. You mean when you, when you outlined what you were going to talk about, that's, you know, how it got created. So, um, I think it's really relevant to say that, uh, you can have, again, you can build a platform of wealth and you can use that as a better way to be of service. Um, and it's okay to do both and it's okay to do yeah. that through multiple avenues. And I think that's one of the things that's like, no, no, you have to be a missionary and you can only do like, you know, if you're going to be good, you can't have things and whatever, but you know, what money is just a way for you to have more energy or money, is just energy. It's just like a thing to multiply what you want to do. It's not right. even like a real thing, you know? So there's all that stigma around like, Oh, if you're successful, whatever your idea of success is. And for everyone, it's different. So I don't really like to use that word. Um, but I think it's, it gets, um, you know, again, that's just what, what previous society has told us that that's what design means, or that's what being a comedian means, or that's what, right. whatever it is. And it's not, it's not that it's just what people boxed you in as. And so I felt I didn't want to be boxed in anymore <laughs> and I wanted to meet more like-minded people. And so to me, that lifestyle design crosses over to wealth at human and designing a development is no different than designing an experience of travel for our people. It's just, it's just both equal. They're both rewarding. Um, and with wealth at human, I basically was just sort of lonely in my traveling. I wanted to find like-minded people. I wanted to work out. I wanted to have personal development. Um, and I wanted to like have dinner with people, you know? And so, um, so, I mean, I traveled with my family, but it just, it just made sense. And so, yeah, I just, one day I was like, well, I know people are going to say, what is wellness and fitness and volunteer have to do with design, but I don't care. <laughs> so <laughs> Totally. I think it's a beautiful combination of things. And I, I see a lot of myself in that as well. And I, I know some of my audience will relate to this. Um, I feel like I got my start to like entrepreneurship and like learning about wealth and stuff through traveling. Like I was an English teacher in a village in Thailand. And then I started tutoring online so I could start backpacking anywhere. And I went to every country in Southeast Asia and spent a year backpacking America through my friends' couches and so forth. Um, And you start to like gain insight into how this world's working and definitely like living a life where you forego making money. That's an option. But like you said, you're a lot more limited in your ability and potential to make like you know, multiplying levels of change or exponential change. Um, You can only do what you're capable of with your time and your energy, which is beautiful and awesome. And and that's a lot of people's calling. But I feel like you feel is like, it's important to have a business that, that, that like generates wealth and income for you passively um, so that you can focus your time and attention on the things that you want to build in the world. And I just love what you're trying to build. You, you caring about the fitness of a whole human, including the mental and emotional and spiritual health, which is oftentimes overlooked in the Western uh, health agendas that, you know, our economy is structured around people being sick, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Um, and then you also like have this uh, aspect of like service and volunteerism in places in which, you know, would truly alter people's perspective by getting them out of their comfort, comfort zone and make them, like you said, a conscientious member of society. Lots of times we're, we're living in this bubble in the first world of, you know, our problems are very, not actually problems in the whole grand scheme of things. Um, so I think it's really beautiful you're doing all these things and I intend to continue building all these sort of things too. So it's really cool to feel that solidarity with you. Um, I'm interested in how you got on this path. Um, maybe you could just take me through um, how you got started in the interior design business and then how that started shifting into much more than that, where you started to travel and you started to develop your well-fit human 
um, model of society? Yeah, so um, I, I always had sort of an underlying, just creative sort of, you know, I can't really do math. <laughs> I wasn't, I mean, I was always a great student, you know, I was a great student because I cared about being a good student, like, you know, and so I got great, my grades or whatever, but I struggled, you know, and so I was always just kind of a creative person, but I didn't really, you know, it's interesting because I actually, you know, just sort of out of high school, uh, started going to work, you know, because you think, oh, I got to make money now. Like, right. And so, um, I grew up as a sort of an air force brat, if you will. And, um, we didn't travel a lot, but a little bit sheltered in the way that, you know, we lived on air force bases. Um, and, um, I don't know, it was just, you went to after school, you're just get a job, right. You get a job. This is like in 1995, I guess I graduated from, um, high school. And so, I wanted, I, I, I want, I always had kind of an entrepreneurial spirit. Like I would do other side hustles. Like I would start cleaning businesses or I would start, you know, I sold Mary Kay for a while or, and then I would have like a job. So I was always doing like 10 jobs and then doing like side hustles, but it wasn't called that then again. Right. It wasn't like a huge, um, industry around all this information. Um, and so I just sort of went to, um, I went to junior college because I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I would do. Um, I think I always knew I would want to work for myself. Um, and I dropped out of college because there wasn't an, I don't know, I don't really know to be honest why, but I just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't working for me. And so then I just started a business and I started a design business. Um, and I worked a full-time job while I did that. Um, and I got really lucky. I worked from home. Um, my first design business was actually called creative concepts which doesn't mean anything and no one would even know that it was designed. So <laughs> the good news is you can start something, fail at it and restart it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was from originally from Hawaii. So I, I was able to fly back to Hawaii. I was living in Colorado at the time and work with a developer and get some experience. And then I sort of just started taking small jobs. Um, and I didn't take it super seriously you know, uh, I didn't really know how I was living in a small town in Colorado, actually called La Junta, Colorado, which interior design is not a prominent career for that area. It's basically near, near, near Kansas <laughs> and it's farmland and nothing bad with that. It's just, there's, it's a very small community. You know what I mean? And the, in uh, the, there's no like economy, not a big economy there anyways. It's definitely culture. So, uh, yeah, I had, um, I was married and I didn't want to live in that small town anymore. I wanted to travel. My husband at the time hated traveling and I did talk him into moving to Breckenridge, Colorado. And because I knew that I needed to build, if I was going to do design, I needed to build somewhere where I didn't have to. Um, my daughter, I have a daughter. She's 14, 15 now. She was one at the time. Um, I needed to move somewhere where there was access to design work, you know, where I didn't have to fly back and forth to Hawaii. And so I moved up here and I just bootstrapped it. I um, started knocking on doors. Um, I was basically out of survival. Uh, it was in the, re the recession. We moved here in 2007. The recession hit in 2008. And I just knocked on every door till a developer said yes. And then just sort of grew from there. And as I built my design business, I just sat and started making money again. Um, I started traveling and in my travels, I would take my daughter and my now second husband and we would travel and I would, and it would just be like, it was so like, you know, we would go places and we would just, just not add any value. You know, we would just be there. Like we'd just be like a vacation, you know? And I felt so empty in that. Like, you know, people yeah, use yeah. vacations and they're like supposed to like relax or I would just feel like this is like the biggest waste of time ever. And, um, and I'm not happy and not enjoying this. And so then I started looking at like fitness and then I started looking at like opportunities where we could like go into the, the communities and like buy things from, you know, women selling food in the street, you know what I mean? Not mm -hmm. at a restaurant. And I was like, this is like the experience that I need to be giving my child, you know what I mean? And having. And so, um, as I started continued to build Abigail Elise, uh, design studio and interiors. And I was like, what else can I do? You know, if I have only another 40 more years to live, like 
yeah, I love design and I excel at it and I'm creating um, a space and I can be a educator to up and coming designers, but what else, you know what I mean? Can I do? And through my love of travel and wellness and fitness. And again, my belief that design is about a full lifestyle and bridging the gap between luxury and sustainability. Um, Wealth at Human was founded. And so, so that's sort of the long, short version of that. <laughs> Very cool. So I, yeah, I'm always really fascinated with people's journey to get to their kind of endeavor or project or whatever of purpose. And I noticed like two kind of maybe three outstanding things about your story where you've kind of cut against the grain. Like one, you dropped out of college. Um, I'm a little bit curious about how that decision was formed. And then it sounded like you, you ditched your first husband and moved to the second one. Uh, that's probably a major life-changing decision that sets you on the, on this right course. Um, and then you, you went through the persistence of door knocking in an economy in which all the doors were shut. So yeah, just briefly, like what, how do you recommend people go about making these life-changing shifts that are just your one decision away from being on a completely different path and a completely different, like, you know, trajectory? How did you think through that? Um, I always have been very, for me personally, very driven. And even in my setbacks um, and really sort of having to figure out that entrepreneurship was a thing on my own, you know, in my household, you know, my dad worked for the military, he retired and then that was it. My mom just had like a job, you know, as son of a secretary, but like their life, I just remember being, um, my parents were, are amazing. My dad has passed away, but are amazing pe- we're amazing people. But I just, I do recall being a teenager and thinking about just sort of their, the mundane, you know what I mean? Like nine to five. And then like, now they're at home, like watching TV and eating dinner. And I remember actually being a teenager and thinking like rolling my eyes all the time and like how annoyed I was by that. Again, nothing wrong with that. But for me, it was like, it was just in there. And I think even though I didn't immediately jump on a path to being an entrepreneur, like, you know, when I was 20 or whatever, um, I, you know, I went to school because that's just what you did. Right. I got a scholarship. It was a junior college. I was with my first, we weren't married yet, but you know, I was like, you know, I, young girls and their obsession with boys, you know, I wish that wasn't a thing. Um, I wish that people, young people in general would both on both, um, on any side, whether you're whatever, um, dynamic, um, type of person you are would take the time to really develop who you are before you jump into a relationship, whatever that relationship. Totally. Um, and I think I didn't do that because I don't know, like no one around me did. I was living in a small town. Um, and I went to school. The reason I dropped out is because I wanted to start, I, I did want to start a business, you know, but I knew I had to also, um, and that none of the things that were offered at that college were things I wanted to do. I think I tried a number of different majors. One of, one of them even being like medical transcriptionist or something. And, um, one of them be, and I, and I hated <laughs> had to take biology for that. They wanted me to dissect a pig. And I was like, no, I didn't, you know, I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, things like that. So it was just like, I'm just, I just dropped out, you know, and I just started, a, I just, I don't know. Like, I think, I think the hustle mentality also comes from a need. Like there wasn't anyone, no one gave me anything. You know, my parents didn't save money for college. Um, they didn't have, they didn't, they just didn't, they didn't do that. So like anything that I wanted, to have food, shelter, a car I had to, you know, come up with. And whenever, um, we decided to move and I got divorced, I found myself a single parent with no job. My car broke down. Um, I didn't even have a computer yet. This, you know, like it was just like, I think a lot of it is out of necessity, but I do think there's something to be said for, um, just really on the hustle side, even if you don't, you know what I mean? Have those sort of setbacks and things just really, again, it goes back to what is your purpose? Like, where do you really want to go? And if you don't, not that I knew that along the way, you know, and my purpose has changed many times and, and, um, you know, but it's always been that I've wanted to make a difference. Like what impact could I have? What value could I add? But also how can I feed myself? You know, it sounds so, like you sounds like you made those changes once you were committed to pursuing that purpose versus pursuing whatever 
autopilot path you had been on from your upbringing. Right. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yep. Yeah, I, this is one of the core reasons I started this podcast is because I too come from a background in Kansas with the nine to five mindset, um, didn't have a lot of money or things or whatever, but I had high school and I had friends and I had extracurriculars I could get involved with. And I wanted to excel at these things and add value in those spaces. And I wouldn't spend as much family time sitting around watching the TV and eating dinner like like my family wanted to do. Um, and I'm really happy I was able to begin to pursue my purpose in those ages because I could have gotten pretty weighed down by the wrong relationship or a path that didn't make sense for me. So I knew at that, like during that time, I needed to go to college out of state. I needed to go to a small liberal arts school that wasn't this big state school where you can't, where you get lost in it. Um, and I needed to be with people that kind of shared my values um, and I think like, it sounds like once you committed to that, then you, you committed to everything else around it that comes with that. And it's like, you have to, to move on from your past. You have to cut some of these ties that exist and you need to start inventing yourself from, from your, from whatever your deepest intentions are versus what your family's or your cultural conditioning is. So it's really cool. You were able to do that. And I encourage a lot of people to think that way and, Sometimes it involves getting away and traveling by yourself. And sometimes it's, it is starting entrepreneurship or making a decision that cuts against the grain and, and is unpopular. And people are scared and worried and nervous for your future because you're not fitting in anymore. But you know inside that you're coming to your home. You're, you're going to the better place, a place that feels more aligned to who you want to be. Um, so it's awesome you did that. Yeah, well, I mean, awesome to you too, because it, it is definitely a challenge. And I think what you said about falling into um, a trap of just not that anyone's intentionally raising anyone in a way to, you know, be trapped, but um, it just, it just, it's so, it's so easy to just take the easy route, you know, mm -hmm. and that would be, you know, just, and, and again, if that's your, what makes you happy, like I would say, great, you know what I mean? And that's what it's really about. But um, I, I mean, congratulations to you too for um, making decisions that put you down a path to, to be here where you are today, you know, adding value and living a life that gets you excited because like that's that's really at the end of the day, that's, that's all that it is about. Like you have to be happy. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the root of all, a lot of problems in our Western society is that it's, it's just a lack of good mental health, um, you know, not enough, you know, peer, you know, peer to peer like support. And that's not just, in, that's in any age group and starts at kindergarten, you know, like right. you see kids, how they treat each other and it's a top behavior. And I think that it's super easy to just stay in that. And it's harder to open your mind up and be open mm -hmm. to all possibilities and yeah, when you start to realize that and be like, I really don't want to be here for like to let, you know, I die, <laughs> like then you get motivated. And then what you do there is you create a plan and you find people, you find people like you yeah. that, you know what I mean? That you want to surround yourself with. And, but it, I mean, so many people is, it's just, I wish there was like some big message that could be like given in school. That's like you know, all these other opportunities beyond what you see, you know what I mean? Or what yeah. is in your house. And that's just not the way our education system uh, is, as you know, it's this old method of right. even my daughter who's 15. I'm like, why are you learning this when we could be learning about investing in the stock market? <laughs> like, you know, and so I'm like, that's a better use of math skills right now than whatever, you know, cause I just, geometry, she's not going to be an engineer, you know? And so, um, it's just interesting how it's just mm -hmm. been done the same way. And I think, you know, having podcasts like these and other, you know, events and people around and seeking that out is like, is like a, a big, huge thing. And I think when I started to seek out people that I admired and really learn about them, I started to sort of shift my mindset as well. Yeah. And it becomes infectious because that becomes your environment and the atmosphere and the conversations you're having feel normal. Like just two months ago, I talked to these really young entrepreneurs, I think 23 and 24 years old who are starting a university and they've raised $15 million of capital and they're living in Bali. And it's a university for entrepreneurs to go from high school to a four-year um, 
like basically it's a college basically around entrepreneurship and it's centered on like personal development, understanding yourself and as well as like understanding how financing works and how um, like how you take a product to market, how you analyze your sales, how you become better at sales, how you network and develop relationships. It's like a well-rounded college experience for entrepreneurs. And these like 23 and 24 year olds from the US have moved to Bali and are starting this thing. And it's like, I get to have a conversation with those people for an hour and a half. It's it's quite a blessing. Um, so you get to be these, one step away from these people that become your heroes in all these small ways. It's yeah, awesome. That's incredible. Um, what's the name of their university? Uh, it's uh, Hero. Let me look it up real quick. Hero Academy. That's incredible. I love that story. And yeah, and I mean, I think that what so many young people are doing are creating that, you know, such a great new next generation of a future of opportunity that was was so suppressed before. So that's incredible. I love that. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. And it's really cool how how it all kind of folds onto itself. Like you're not ready to like foster that like legion of the young entrepreneurs unless you're embodying that yourself. Um, and those guys made really excellent points about how important the personal development side is to like your business or professional development coming to fruition. Um, and I see you've done that too. Like you've started in this industry that um, is the end all be all for people when you're doing luxury design. I'm sure you had a, a great income with that. Like, you know, you're getting paid from high end real estate developers to do design. Like, that's enough for people. People get happy with that. That's a comfortable space to be in. And then you've taken it much further and you've said, no, I want to like look at the whole person and I want to develop them. And more than that, let's let's actually gather in a physical space that needs us to be our best self so that we can bring that those ideas into the community and make the community better. Um, and you're doing it in a Dominican Republic primarily. Is that right? Um, yeah, we're, we're going in many places. So far, we've been to the Dominican because our other trips have been postponed by COVID. Um, but I love everything you just said. I'm going to hire you for my marketing team because that was a, a beautiful way to say everything <laughs> that I'm trying to do. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, we uh, did our first trip to the Dominican. Um, I've been there a couple of times um, working. At, you know, it's a very beautiful country and um, the people are amazing and it's, it's government is super unstable. And so uh, the the extremity the extremities exist right they're really really poor and they're really really wealthy and so um that's one of the places that we've been and we immerse ourselves in the culture and worked with a group called that jungle life and i don't know if they're still operating because the the problem with some of these um countries and going there to do volunteer work is that we're trying to find grassroots small companies you know that really need our help and we can add value to and bring other companies to awareness, you know, other nonprofits, bigger nonprofits that have a bigger umbrella, you know, that they can right. help. But because they don't have any money and the infrastructure is so limited that finding them on the internet or connecting with them is like a real research challenge. And then, right. you know, everything's volunteer, you know, so the people running the organization, like it goes on, it goes up and down. Like there's, you know, a lot of, you know, work to help like a, a poor community in the Dominican, um, you know, electricity and water. And then all of a sudden, you know, the group's doing really well and then they're not funded and nobody knows about it. And so, you know, it's really important to not just travel to destination locations that everybody has heard of and everybody's heard of the Dominican, but, you know, we went to Las Galeras, which was a very small fishing town or not fishing town. That was a, in, in Belize, a, a very small community um, that wasn't, wasn't in, was off the beaten path, you know? So we try to find, right. um, places like that you know we are also doing some environmental trips we'll do one in Croatia which is more of an environmental education that one is a little bit more of a um I would say it's more luxury but it does have the um volunteer component to it so it's kind of a mix you know we're not discriminating against any area but trying to find smaller places within these different countries that you typically wouldn't go to on a vacation so that we can do the true immersion and find, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and be in the small communities, not just, you know, it's more authentic, you know, than just like topical, I guess, you know, by, yeah. by going to the, to the outlying places. So, um, 
We are going to Montenegro. We're going to go to Chile. Um, we have quite a few trips planned for 2021. And then of course, we'll go back to the Dominican. And then another place that we're going to is a small uh, community called Hopkins, Belize. And there we'll be working with the primary school, just helping um, build up the uh -huh. school and doing some lessons with the kids. So some of it's, um, it, it's all, all different modalities of, of, of how to be, in, you know, add impact to the culture um, and also get personal growth from, you know, it's just Beautiful. that connection. Yeah. I'm sure you have these like ultra humbling moments where you're standing there realizing like you put this thing together and you have these volunteers working on this project. Like, I mean, at some point that, that before that had to feel like a long ways away dream and, and now it's reality. And now you're like probably figuring out the smaller, finer details about how to do it better. I just think that's really cool that you showed up like that to create a space like that. Um, the world needs more people. Like I, I think that that's one of the core solutions to um, making the world more equitable and bringing more opportunity to people is if we can just donate a little bit of our time and, and our knowledge. Like we're so blessed growing up in the U.S. to have like access to such good education and such a good network of people and finances and so forth to do things. Um, and then these cultures um, are blessed with like understanding how to like solve like local like problems in ways that seem really like genius or out of the box or something because they don't have the like resources and know how that we've learned in school and books and so forth. So they're just figured it out through life and through their ancestry and so forth. And there's so much to learn from that. And when you bring all that together, it's such a beautiful result. Yeah. Uh, well said. I think, um, that has always resonated with me. I think somewhere I always knew I was very privileged and um, that has definitely stayed on my heart. And I am moved to tears on, a, I mean, on, on a regular basis at these, um, at these experiences. And even we do um, something super simple to sort of build awareness of what we're doing with Wellfit Human in our community. And we host community dinners they're not for profit or anything like that but people you know buy their you know they kind of pay for their own meal but it's strangers come together and we usually have a topic of conversation I, I moderate the um the dinner it's usually around 12 to 15 people and the reason I'm bringing it up is because we do the reason we started the dinners was as I wanted to share about wealth at human and the you know what we would be going on and places we things we would be doing and um sort of you know again this sort of like really sh uh, sharing on a one-on-one -on -one level with people so they could really understand where I was coming from and my motivation and how it was such a passion project for me to start this and um within those community dinners people all strangers usually would come we would put the event out we would limit it to 15 people we'd sit around the dinner table we still do this we did a few virtual and we're going to start doing them out outdoors as picnics um moving forward um until social distancing is over but um it was such it's so many people want to do these things. So many people want to help and add value and they don't know where to go. And so we would do, we're doing the community dinner. We'll have a topic of conversation. I usually have an inspiring speaker, someone, an entrepreneur, someone that's had, you know what I mean? A hard road or whatever it is that they've overcome and they'll share during the dinner too, but the, um, which is really empowering and people love hearing stories, right? But like the part that has been so moving and also brings me to like tears almost every community dinner is, you know, we present a topic and everyone has an opportunity to share on that topic, how it relates to them personally, which makes the conversation so much more authentic than small talk at dinners. You know what I mean? And, right. and you're doing with strangers and people start sharing so much about their lives. And, um, you know, I feel like it, what a, I mean, <laughs> such a blessing for me to meet these strangers who show up at this event that I create because I want to share about wealth but human and they wind up sharing so much more with me that mm -hmm. you know what I mean helps me even like feel more motivated. So, you know, like it sort of started with that, but now it's really developing into also community connection, you know, real authentic yeah. connection through conversation that you don't get if you're not open to it. And people are obviously hungry for it because it's always booked out and it's always people I, I don't know. And so, um, so that's an amazing um, thing. So yes, I, I feel, I, I mean, that's something I could have never guessed would happen, but um, those people just in my own, in my own community doing, you know, 
yeah. inspire me to, you know, keep sharing <laughs> because they want to, there's so many people. It's amazing. You think you're the only one. And then you start opening yourself up and you realize, Oh, there's so many people that want to do good. Like, where are they? How can we all get together? And so that's really sort of a huge motivator behind wealthy human, you know? <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. It's 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 also really cool to hear how you've integrated all of this. You have in like the value system, different like personalities and cultures, and then different even desires for coming to these things. Some people want to do it for fitness, I'm sure, and other people um, are coming from more of the community volunteerism, but want fitness on the on and like bringing it all together and then creating community. And then it's like the sum is greater than than our parts as well. Like it's, it's probably starting to happen. Like, you know, you have 100 people there, but now you have the manpower of 1000 people or, or more because you've you've brought together more of like a, a mastermind model to the to the mix where you're learning each other's stories and influences and you're developing the best solutions for it. Um, and I, yeah, it seems like you do a great job as an entrepreneur and leader to allow for those spaces to be held um, for those those people in your organization to have such a voice. Um, and then that brings you to your next level of development, it seems. So I love it. I think you only get that when you're someone like, like you who wants to hold multiple things at the same time and not just have this one, one centered, one, one trick pony type of business. Um, yeah. I just, I just think that's really admirable that you're doing that. And, and I'm sure it's all coming together in such a beautiful, unique way that no one else is doing. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you so much. It's definitely, um, I will say a lot of hard work, but I think again, when you are purposeful, it, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like it's exciting. And, you know, um, I, I only wish that I would have been more open to other like-minded people. I think one thing I would say to anyone listening that is an entrepreneur also, um, as you're sort of diversifying and figuring out, you know, how you can do all the things you want to do, um, and it feels like there's never enough time, is, um, is that it doesn't matter if you have it perfect or if you have a, a business plan. You don't need that. I've never had a business plan. <laughs> um, and it just matters that you start with your, you know what I mean, where, and this is super cliche too, but it starts with what's on your heart because when you don't, you just find yourself doing all the wrong things. And, um, and I think if you have the right motivation and intention that you can definitely have your hands in many things. And, and that allows you to then be influenced by other people the way that these people have been influencing me. Thank you for listening to part one of this interview with Wendy Yates on changing the world with lifestyle design and humanitarian wellness retreats. Be sure to listen to next week's episode as we wrap up our conversation with Wendy talking about bridging the gap between interior design and service volunteering, the feelings she has generated by doing what she does, and what people have been missing out on for not following their purpose. She also shared with us the personal challenges that stood within her way as she followed her purpose and her vision for the next 20 years.